0: On this episode of Trading Camp, we interview John B. Trades. He shares the amazing health benefits of ice baths, stresses the importance of blocking out the noise on social media, and emphasizes the compounding benefits of sticking with the same strategy through thick and thin. Trading Camp has partnered with Elite Trader Funding, a proprietary trading firm focused on giving traders the opportunity to profit from the markets without risking their own capital. ETF offers a range of evaluations which test your abilities as a trader. When you pass, you'll be able to choose from funded accounts ranging from $10,000 to $300,000. The only risk is a monthly flat fee. The ETF community provides an excellent learning environment and networking opportunities for those serious about taking their game to the next level. We are excited to offer our listeners 40% off of any trading evaluation on ETF's site except for Fast Track. Use code TCP13 and follow the link in the show notes or simply head over to EliteTraderFunding.com to start your journey as a funded trader today.
1: This episode is brought to you by Rocket Scooter, the next generation of trading tools that will replace everything you know about trading. Built by engineers for the retail trader, Rocket Scooter's revolutionary algorithm is the first of its kind. It uncovers institutional positions and reveals market maker risk and hedging in real time using their AI scanner and algorithmic charting. Rocket Scooter has invented 15 unique indicators that predict high volume before it happens, allowing you to visualize price levels where big money is most interested. There's nothing like it. To see how Rocket Scooter is changing the game for retail traders, check out their three month pro trial. Right now, they are offering three months of Rocket Scooter Pro for only $35 a month, knocked down from the original price of $179 a month. Take advantage of this monster deal by heading over to the link in the show notes and get started using Rocket Scooter today.
0: This episode is brought to you by Kane Capital, a trading community over 25,000 strong featuring live trading alerts and educational content. Link in the notes to join for free today for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my
1: name when last year I spent more money on
0: spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing,
1: <laughs> diamond ring wearing, kids stealing, woo, wheel of dealing, <laughs> in right, Welcome back to TCP, everybody. Episode 64 with John B. trades about to get underway. Very excited to have him back on. We had his partner, Rocky B., on the podcast just recently. That was a great interview. They work together. Similar mindset. These two guys are two guys that I have a ton of respect for on Fintwit in this industry in general, and so now to have the privilege to have John on for a second time. Is very, very exciting.
0: Um, Yeah, like you said, absolutely uh, stoked to get John back on the pod. Uh, The first time that he came on, he shared a really, really uh, interesting story. And I think um, he really is what a lot of Fintwit individuals really want to aspire to be, right? Somebody who um, really takes advantage of the opportunity in the market to change their situation. And so I'm glad that we have him back on. Um, Let's get after it.
1: Absolutely. Let's bring them right in. John, welcome back to the show. Excited to have you on again.
2: Yes, sir. How's it going, guys? Glad to be back. Uh, It's been a pretty wild market since I was on here last. It's been a while, so happy to be back here and chop it up with you guys for sure.
1: Absolutely. So before we talk about trading, before I ask you about any changes you've made or what it is that you're doing, I want to talk about the ice baths that you've been taking in the mornings that you've been very vocal about on Twitter what's that all about
2: um i mean there's just if anybody doesn't know just do a quick google search you'll see there's a list of benefits i mean so many different benefits um and i'm just all about being disciplined man and simply it fucking sucks um i did it this morning at 3:50 a.m. um it was 35 degrees out here um, it was 38 degrees in the water and I was sitting there shivering, telling myself, no, don't get in here. You're fucking stupid. Wait until the dead period. Like it's too cold. You don't have to do this. Right. So then I told myself, no, like I need to be disciplined, not listen to that voice in my head. So I got in and, um, it fucking sucks while you're in there, but it's kind of peaceful when you're sitting in there freezing, feeling like your limbs are going to fall off and you're just breathing and you're fine with it. Right. Cause you know, the benefits of it. And it just, you get out, man, and you feel like a whole new person. You feel refreshed. Um, I do it typically during the dead period, and then I go and work out later. And when you go and work out, you have way more endurance. You have way more stamina. Uh, you feel stronger. There's just so many benefits, but um, it's a lot about the discipline, man. So I love it. I've been re- getting real consistent with it.
1: Nice. And you have one at home or what?
2: Yep, in my backyard. So it makes nice. it even worse. It's cold out there and freezing already. So, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I've got an ice plunge at my gym that I hit at least a few times a week, three or four times a week. And it's just that it absolutely sucks. I'd say for the first minute, then maybe it gets a little bit easier. There's like phases of uh, hurdles that you have to go through. But then once you're done, it's a big boost. It's like a euphoric feeling and people really do get addicted to it. Um, makes you feel good physically. But I think more importantly, uh, mentally, it really, it oddly like clears your head. And I've never tried starting my day like that. Like you have, I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Um, not needing a cup of coffee. If you hit the ice bath first thing in the morning, I, I kind of cheat a little bit, which I'm not (laughs) proud of. I do the sauna first. So it does make it a little bit easier when I'm getting in the ice plunge. It feels really nice because obviously, you know, I'm boiling by the time I'm done in the sauna. But John, it's uh it's inspirational. Maybe uh maybe a little fire under my ass and I got to hit it tomorrow morning early.
2: Yep. Do it, baby. But I mean, going in the sauna first and then transitioning into the cold plunge is a whole different benefit on its own. I mean, there's several right. benefits of doing that as well. So I'm actually getting a sauna as well. Um, nice. You can uh I'm putting one in my garage. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing, but yeah. I mean, straight in the morning, bro. When you first wake up, it's like you're fucking I mean, I could just do anything. I feel unstoppable, <laughs> yeah. bro. I swear, when I get out of that yeah. motherfucker, I'm like, I could do anything right now I want. So it's pretty cool. I highly recommend it to anybody.
1: 100 percent I mean, sauna or no sauna, it's it's uh better than Noah who wakes up and takes his warm shower. Um and does whatever's most comfortable. Noah yeah, wakes up sad. and seeks seeks comfort.
0: I wake up, I shred Fed forecasts with my boy Money Mander, and I rip his in, and then I shred the market. Like I, if that's not the optimal morning, if that's not the optimal morning, oh, I shit. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. I don't know how it gets better than that.
1: You rip his um, in between nine fifteen and nine thirty. After, right, yes. before open.
0: right before the open dude oh He's my sitting God. In the mouth for the open every time Breakfast try some Champions.
2: copenhagen bro it'll do you a little bit <laughs> make you get some hairs on your balls probably i was gonna I say know, put right? some hair on that
1: chest <laughs> <laughs> at least do the real thing no that's actually <laughs> hilarious that's funny um i didn't know you'd do that
0: every single morning
1: <laughs> hopefully uh yeah no that's that's not a habit that it, i can't pick that up but <laughs> yeah, it's does sound great. <laughs> yeah it's not a yeah it's not does i don't know about the i don't know if there's any scientific benefits of the Z.
2: there actually is bro there actually is benefits to nicotine i swear to god a lot of uh there are like actors and stuff do it They sw- <laughs> i swear bro because nicotine's the addictive thing the the tobacco is what gives you cancer and it's harmful i mean in high dosages high dosages it's bad but there actually is benefits to Starting your day out with nicotine—it's just like coffee. It gets your brain going, gets a, bu- a boost, a bunch of things. You
0: wouldn't, you wouldn't understand.
1: We're gonna get a message from our sponsor. Say hey, that guy John that you had on that said nicotine is good. If you guys, we're Time gonna to flag do him. Research. Don't have him.
2: <laughs> don't have him. Maybe you get a please. sponsorship from Zen, bro. That'd be sick. Oh,
1: there you go, Jewel.
0: Me rocking a Zen jacket. Oh my god, Zen windbreaker. Game, game over. Game over. That's
1: funny. <laughs> Oh my god.
0: Um, all right. Let's talk markets. John, last time you were on the pod. So here how about this? We released your episode October twelfth. And the next time the market opened, so the next day on October thirteenth, that was the lowest that the market traded um, year to date. So all of not year to date in the last twelve months. So that's the low. That's the October low. Literally the, the next morning we set the lows and we've been off to the races since then so pretty much initially a 20 point rip still up 15 percent from the last time that you were on so you pretty much called bottom um with the release of, of your last episode dude
2: yeah i like to do that a lot i love calling bottoms now i remember that day vividly too that day was absolutely insane <clears throat> after that huge gap down we just opened up and just ripped all day nonstop. but yeah it's been fun man it's been real fun to say the least
0: The last rip that we've had has been absolutely um, really insane, particularly after it picked up like in the in the uh, in the beginning of January there.
1: Yeah, John and I are on the same team I've noticed as far as fuck the perma bears, all these people (laughs) on Twitter who get a hard on from coming on trying to sound as smart as possible, claiming the market's going to go down, that all hell's about to break loose, that they know so much about macro and all this horse shit. But we're ripping. We're rallying. <laughs> but
2: no, nah,
1: I don't actually. I mean, you know, that's 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 not, uh, you know, referring to all Perma bears. Um, markets of Mayhem, if you're listening, I, I love you and we love look him. up to you and you're, well, you're really smart. really
2: smart. So
1: yeah, because he actually knows okay. what he's talking about. <laughs> exactly. He actually knows what he's talking about. And he he's able to, you know, back everything he says with uh, a really strong thesis. So I have a lot of respect for him. But um, basically, so I saw a tweet that you put out the other day, uh, you know, when the bears start parading, when the market pulls back a little bit. You said something about they act like day traders or, you know, like people who are generally bullish can't trade the downside either. Like people get very one-sided and they get really set on just being right. Meanwhile, it's like, okay, you know, just, you you don't have to like have your opinion, but people who disagree with you can still make money like when the market starts going down.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I was talking to um, Diamond about it before this, man. It's just weird. And, I just think I just don't see the point of it. Like, even if you are, um, you know, overall short in your long term, like I don't blame you. It's probably smarter to be that right now. But I'm a type I don't swing really um, like ever. I don't hold overnight. I just day trade. So I could give a shit less if it goes up or it goes down. Um, And it's just funny because people, like you said, they worry about being right more than making money. Like while people are arguing on Twitter about if it's going to go down and they're getting bent over when it keeps going up and up. Like I'm making money because I don't give a fuck if it goes up or it goes down. Like I'm a day trader. And I mean, that should be the mindset more of trying to be right on Twitter and caring what people say. I mean, if you really just buckle down, play the price section that's in front of you, you can make money every day, no matter what. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of funny to see it. I mean, I, you know, I joke about a little bit on Twitter, but I don't care what they're doing. You know, I'm good either way. Cause I mean, I'm sticking to, what I know and what I do. And I mean, I don't care if there's a gap up, a gap down, cause I'm not positioned overnight. So I just wake up with a fresh mind and, and play with the market gives me, you know, that's so
0: advantageous. And it really comes down to like your, I guess your style. Cause like, like you said, I'm the same way, right? Like I can't sleep well at night holding like a massive position, especially like an options, not knowing what's going to happen. Right. It, it, like that to me is just like so foreign and I don't, it just doesn't like make sense in my head. Whereas somebody like Momamba, he'll swing literally six, seven positions overnight, not lose a blink. Wake up late, not lose a blink of sleep. Um, so it's like you know, I, I think it just goes back to like you said, like having what works for you, and then not really deviating from it. Like just really drilling down um, and focusing. So like for you, if that's focusing on your intraday price action, your supply and demand zones, you know, it's not going to matter what, what happens overnight. So why even concern yourself with? Um, what could happen right i like, I think there's i I don't want to and I completely understand where Alejandro's coming from, but I don't want to be little trying to forecast further out if that is your if that's how you trade right if that's truly how you trade, if you're truly in um these swing positions if you think the market is topped and you're you know maybe playing spreads for downside or your inputs for six months out like I think that's a different story. The people that Alejandro are talking about are the people who are, who we know are day traders, but are still yet going to come on and act like they've been right this whole time after we start selling off when it's like, we just ripped 20 points to start the year while we may still make new lows. You just missed 20% of like, of upside, like, um, screaming from the top of the world. And like, so that, that type of stuff, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really help anybody. Right. It's really just more, it's selfish, right? You're, you're trying to do this that people on twitter go oh that's the guy who called the top that's the only reason to do that right like there's nobody that that helps really like in hindsight
2: no absolutely and that's what that's the thing man is you know people i get dms all the time asking me i'll post zones they will be like do you think we're going up or down tomorrow and i just reply every night every time i have no fucking clue if i did i mean I'd, i'd be a billionaire i have no clue so but that like you said it i mean it's all how you trade i know i mean obviously there's a lot of money to be made Um, swing trade i mean a lot of the moves lately have been happening overnight you get these big gap up or gap downs but um, it's just not my style but like you said i think it's just the problem where it's like just pushing it on people about being right and not really helping people out or you know teaching the the newer guys that if you're because half of them are coming to day trade because they have you know what i mean and you don't really have to um, worry about that long-term picture if you can just play the intraday price action but always you know what what works for you there's a thousand ways to skin a cat man
1: yeah so what is it that you've been doing lately is it still the same same old john supply and demand scalping spx
2: same old supply and demand there's no reason to change it i'm just getting better and better at it really um i have scaled back a lot on spx pretty much since the last um interview because i remember that october the market got real tough and uh it was just it was just a whole a lot of different price action than we were used to um started slowing down a lot we were having a lot more range days. you know what I mean um <clears throat> so I kind of just adapted more into spy and I also started to to grab a little bit further out on on my spy contracts, which has been helping a lot because i've I've also upped my size a lot since then, so what I found is um I mean, zero dates are awesome. I still do them every day, right? But I also, if I'm really thinking like this is a huge supply zone or a huge demand zone and I wanna, and you know, I'm going full size, then uh, a lot of times I'll just give myself at least one day. And I've noticed you still get paid fat with one day out, but you get so much more wiggle room on your entries. Like it's insane. Whereas zero dates, you're gonna be down 20%, with one day out, you're gonna be down 5% um so I, i've adjusted a lot into at least you know i don't really go more than that normally because i'm still a scalper at heart and still love the zero dates but a lot of the times just grabbing that that one day out and i think a lot of newer traders uh see on on fin and i still post about it too but you know i tell people hey um if you're newer i recommend probably not trading zero dates and i mean at least one day even two is better but just grabbing that one day out can really help you um not have to be so perfect with your entries because that takes a lot of time and in the markets to to get that down you know what i mean so um that's helped a lot as well uh, but it's pretty much the same thing man i don't really try new strategies um, i'm just getting better and better at what i'm doing pretty much every day so there's no real reason to to uh, venture out too much i feel like
0: the more date on your contracts works well specifically with your trading style where you're not particularly adding at like a one dollar level but more like a zone so like, you can add, let's say it's a dollar long zone on a $100 stock, you can add at the bottom of that zone. And then by the time it gets to the top of that zone, maybe you're down 10%, you could add more, right? Your your, your trade uh, thought process isn't necessarily wrong. It's still in um, supply. You still think it's going to come down. Now you just have a better entry. Whereas if you trade a zero day, by the time it gets to the top of that zone, like I said, you're you're not wrong that the idea hasn't been invalidated yet. But you're down 30%. So now it's like, well, do I add into this loser that's already down 30%? um, If I don't cut it right now, I'll be down 50% if it goes up anymore. Like, what am I going to do? I think that additional time, even like you said, even if it's just one or two days, um, even as far as like a week out, right? Like it can really help um, with that type of style too, like where you're not necessarily adding out like one specific level, but a zone. Um, let you build your position as you, you know, trade into the zone and then watch your trade come to fruition as opposed to being, you know, a slave to the theta on your zero days.
1: Every trader knows, and I speak from personal experience, when you are first learning to trade, it is extremely easy to blow up an account.
0: A big part of the reason why new traders struggle is the stress of risking their hard-earned capital while they're still learning.
1: Agreed. And I personally think that trading through a prop trading firm is the perfect way for traders to learn without risking their money.
0: That's why Trading Camp is partnered with Elite Trader Funding, a prop firm with a mission to educate and provide capital to traders.
1: From trading with established risk management protocols to not having to fight theta decay trading options, there are so many advantages to trading with ETF.
0: Unlike other prop firms, ETF has transparent fee and payout structures. Combine that with excellent customer service and an educational Discord that fosters proper trading habits, and it's a no brainer.
1: TCP is excited to offer our listeners 40% off of any trading evaluation on ETF's site except for Fast Track. Use code TCP13 and follow the link in the show notes or simply head over to EliteTraderFunding.com to start your journey as a funded trader.
2: Really, what I want to talk about is um, not the strategies, because I think that's what everybody gets so wrapped up in is, what's your strategy? Um, that's what I get all my DMs about. What's your strategy? How do you trade these zones? How do you do this? Um, I'm not successful. What's your strategy? Maybe I could try your strategy. I've tried 20 different ones, right? Um, and what I've come to find out that it, I mean, I think everybody knows this, everybody says it's 80% psychology. And I used to think that was bullshit when I was a newer trader, but really, you know, when, when the real big leap happened for me was when I started, um, to trade without my emotions. And I think that that's the biggest thing that every single person that, you know, I'm mentoring or whatever it is, it all comes down to them trading with their emotions. They, they can have a good strategy. They can know how to chart. I mean, I can tell you this right now. I know personally a bunch of accounts on Twitter that have the most beautiful fucking charts in the world and they don't make money because they don't know how to execute when it comes down to it and trade without their emotions. Um, And I I truly think that that is the biggest part in being a successful trader. Um, I mean, I'm sure everybody can look back at, you could probably look back at every single one of your red days and say, what did I do wrong? And it was most likely you trade with your emotions. You were chasing, um, you were revenge trading, you were having FOMO. Um, you know, you shouldn't be in this trade here, but, you know, people are already in making money and you want to get in so bad. You don't want to miss the move. So you're like, well, you know, I'll be fine. It's going to keep going. And then you get cooked on it. Right. Or um, you're already down, say you're down 500 bucks on the day. Um, and then you're like, well, you know, I should just probably leave here because I don't want to lose more. But I mean, I'll just size up, take one more trade. I mean, maybe two more trades. I'll be back even. Right. Then you lose on those two trades because. You don't ever know which trade is going to win. This is a complete game of probabilities, right? And what's been the biggest for me is, like I said, the trading without emotions, I think, is the key for newer traders. And it's probably the hardest thing to do, but it's the most important. And um, what I've developed is more of a a risk-reward trading. Um, I think people also, like, I always get DMs, what's your win rate? I don't fucking know because I don't care. Um, To me, the win rate doesn't matter at all. I know traders that win 40% of the time and make a ridiculous amount of money. Um, So for me, I trade based off risk reward. um, And it's a game of probabilities, right? So I recommend everybody go and read um, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Uh, That book has been influential for me in my trading and it has completely changed everything. I've read it twice already and I recommend everybody read it and I have so much uh, responses from people that have read it and been like, wow, in just two weeks, my trading is completely different. Um, And he talks about in there, um, if you say there's 10 trades, right, and you already know six of them or seven of them are going to be winners, three of them are going to be losers, right? And that's in your system. So if you're seeing your, you know, something that's in your system, a trade happened during the day. But you're sitting there with your emotions like, ah, oh, maybe this one might not work. I'm probably not going to take this one, right? And then you do that with the next one again. You're just lowering your probabilities because you do not know which trade. I don't care if it's the best fucking setup you've ever seen in your life. It's got, you know, people talk about A-plus setups. It's got all your things lining up. That trade still doesn't have to work. That trade can easily still be a, a loss, right? So people then go and oversize on those um, on those A-plus setups. I guess I'm talking about a lot of different topics here, but – um I think that trading with those probability, probabilistic mindset, right? Knowing that, okay, this is a part of my system. I know that, you know, I have these odds of winning this. So if you don't take your trades when the setups are there, you're just lowering your probabilities. And a lot of the times it's just based off risk reward, right? So I'll take great risk reward trades every single time. If I take a loss, I do not care. I do not blink. I don't even think about it again because my losers are always small because I'm disciplined and I don't hold shit and hope it turns around when I'm wrong. I just fucking cut it and I get out of there and I look onto the next trade. So um, uh, I mean, all of those points together, I just think it's all it's about discipline and and your mindset and, uh, you know, trading without emotions. That's really the main thing that's holding most newer traders back. And they just, you just don't realize it yet because you're too focused on what system you're going to use, what EMAs these other traders are using. All those kinds of things. And I I just don't think it's the most important thing there is.
1: Yeah, I think you make a really good point there. So when I look at my red days, I'd say probably 90% of the time is because of my emotions and letting that affect my trading. Now, the problem with letting uh, your emotions affect your trading is that it's very difficult sometimes to recognize that that's what's going on. So If I'm having a bad trading day or a bad trading week and I'm making more losing trades than normal, the first thing I'm going to think is, okay, what's wrong with my strategy? What's wrong with my system? Why am I not hitting these trades like I'd like to? And sometimes I'm too late to recognize that, dude, your head is just not in it. And I have to take that step back and assess my trading as a whole. And again, 90% of the time, it's because I just wasn't in the right mental spot. Um, And some things that I try to focus on to fix that is just stepping away, like not looking at charts for a little bit. And We've talked about this before on the podcast, you know, the other things that you have going on uh, in your life, being disciplined in in other areas, that helps a lot too. Um, But at the end of the day, you got to like actively try and control whatever you got that's going on because there's tips and tricks, I guess, uh, that we could talk about on the podcast and I could tell you to like go for runs and work out and make sure you're eating good and be disciplined and you know do ice baths and but at the end of the day, like every person is different, I think every person is different and when you are in those moments where you just lost two trades on the day or you just lost a trade on the day and you're having a red week and it's time to make the right decision like that one second decision, oh here's something I can talk about so I recently listened to a podcast with my all-time favorite David Goggins. Um, I'll have to look up uh, the name of the gentleman that interviewed him, um, and I'll make sure that I plug that later on in the podcast. But he talks about, and this was in his new book as well, the one second decision. And I thought that this applied to trading so well. So he's talking about Hell Week um, in the SEALs, and he broke it down into seconds. So the Hell Week is 130 hours long, Right. And he says, if you lose a single second of those 130 hours, you're going to quit. You're going to go ring that bell. But if you can win every second and you can make the right one second decision, one second at a time, then you can take it slower, focus in on what needs to be done right now in order to get the job done, okay? And it applies to trading because as traders especially after a losing trade, you get full of this emotion, right? And you have one second to either step away and do the right thing, which is likely turn off the computer, go for a walk, don't trade. Or in that same second, you can make the decision of sizing up into another trade, uh, opening a new trade just to try to revenge trade, right? Right. That one second, and I, I, I'm really starting to use this a lot in my trading. If I can make the one second decision, then I'm going to have a massive, massive edge. It's just taking it one second at a time, one second at a time, one second at a time. Because in the moment, if you lose one of those seconds and you make that bad decision, you're likely going to hurt your account. But it's when the market is closed that you look back and you're like, Oh my God! Like I can't believe I did that. Like, what was I thinking? Why? If I would have just been able to take control, if I would have been able to make the right one second decision, I'd have more money right now. And then it just spirals. It goes into the next day, right? So, really glad I was. Uh, I was able to talk about that. I'm gonna look at the podcast now so that I can plug it so everybody can have a listen.
2: No, that's great, bro. I, I read his uh, second book as well, and I completely agree, man. I, I heard the same thing, man. Those short-term decisions. I mean, it's crazy because as traders, I mean, like you said, you could take two bad trades and say that's your rule to stop there. And you can make a one-second decision, like you said, to, no, I'm going to do this instead. And you could, I mean, you could potentially blow up your account doing that, knowing us as humans how emotional we get. And maybe it was a really bad trade. Maybe you really oversized on that one, and it's that one second, right? Um i mean i've done it i've you know blown up an account before and it was really that one choice Oh, i'm gonna overnight with you know 75 percent of my portfolio one second choice right and um i think that's huge man and like you said there's a lot of tips and tricks i mean for me um being disciplined in my regular life has been um, a key component because if i'm not disciplined in my regular life with my family and my kids and and my own health um and wellness and there ain't no fucking way i'm gonna be disciplined playing the fucking stock market to me that doesn't make sense i i don't see how that's even possible um and i do think if you were to go look at it probably the most successful people in the market are probably disciplined um in their regular life i think that it transitions over perfectly um like we've done a 75 hardcore uh, challenge in the discord where you know there's those seven disciplines that you have to do every single day no matter what um and when you're able to do that and do something really fucking hard every single day in your real life, I feel like when you come to the stock market and you're about to make a bad decision that you know you shouldn't do, you'll have that mental fortitude and that discipline to know, hey, I shouldn't do this. Like, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm able to to control my emotions and know that this isn't good for me or or my portfolio in the long run. Uh, so for me, that really did help is, you know, being disciplined in my overall life. And that's why I'm doing the ice baths and all these other things to – um Just be better every day, man, um, really. And I think it gives you a a clearer mind and uh, just having better goals and all of that really transition straight into trading, I feel.
1: Do you ever feel like there are other areas in your life that are firing on all cylinders, but the trading isn't uh, where it should be or vice versa? You're trading really well. And the other areas of your life aren't where they should be? Or have you found that everything kind of moves in unison?
2: I feel like for the most part, I literally use that same term is when I'm firing on all cylinders in my life, I'm fucking killing the markets every day. When I start to fuck up and I start to listen to that little bitch voice in my head that tells me I've been working real hard and I should relax and maybe I shouldn't work out today. Maybe I should... You know, go eat like shit when I start to do that, I can almost every single time go look at the next day trading, and I don't trade as well almost every time if I have a bad trading day, I can probably look back at yesterday and be like, "Was I disciplined yesterday?" and I probably wasn't. That's for me personally, obviously that's different for everybody um, but that's why I post motivational stuff on Twitter and I talk about this stuff because I think for a lot of people that's gonna be the case, man. It's like a car when you're fucking you're missing a ceiling a cylinder you're not going to run as good right but when you're firing on every cylinder in your life um and not only in trading everything on in your personal life i mean your trading is gonna get ramped up because of that i mean all the aspects um transfer over to it i think like i said for me personally everybody's different obviously but i think generally most people would benefit from from doing that for sure
0: i am of the mindset that if you Really want to be successful at trading, or really in anything, it's got to come down to not only a work ethic, but I think what John talked about a little bit there is having something underlying that sort of motivates you, because there's so many days where, especially like on the days where I trade like shit, where after the market closes, I don't want to do anything. Like I don't want to go and get better. Like I I, I want to I want to Naturally, forget about it. I want to go do something else. I want to, like, I want to put it out of my mind. And it's like, if you don't have something underlying that I feel like is driving you, and that underlying thing, I really don't think that it can be the money. Like, yeah, the money from trading is great, but if that's it, I think at a certain point, you're going to get so burnt out that you just say, you know what, F this, like, I'm done with it. I don't want to continue to put in that amount of time. I don't want to continue to spend my weekends trying to get better. I don't want to continue spending hours after the market closes, not only doing my 9.30 to four, but then also spending time after the market closes trying to get better. I don't want to learn different things from people who are probably better than me at this. I don't want to do all that and put in all that effort if that's really all I'm focused on is the money. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get to a point where that money gets really hard to see. And you begin to ask yourself, is this any longer worth it? I think for a lot of people, when they stop trading, that's really what happens is they come to the realization that the money that they thought they were going to get in the beginning is further away than they thought. It's not that they can't get it. It's that, oh, I thought this was going to take me a year and a half. It really, now that I'm gaming it out, looks like it might take five to 10 to really get good at this, to really be consistent enough to leave my day job. like. I feel like that's where the, the rubber meets the road for a lot of people is like, damn, the time that this is going to take, um, is, it's, it's really messing me up. It's really turning me off as opposed to somebody who has a more intrinsic motivation, whether it is, um, providing for your family, whether it is, um, in John's case, or he has a kid, um, really want to spend more time with him. Like the last time we talked about on the, um, on the last podcast, right? Is, is John was able to, use that motivation to get out of the construction job so that he could spend more time with his family. That's the underlying motivation that pushed him. Not necessarily. I want 50 grand, 50 grand. So I can go buy a Rolex. The underlying motivation that, that pushes you. I feel like it can't be money because you're eventually just going to get burnt out after you realize that it maybe isn't as um, close or as attainable as you initially thought. I feel like that's where the the drop comes for a lot of people.
2: I remember when I almost blew up my account, um, and it was my back against the wall is my last chance right when i was looking at myself in the mirror i wasn't saying if you don't do this you're gonna not make you're not gonna get rich right you're gonna not make a bunch of money what i was saying is if you don't figure this out you're gonna have to go back to fucking working 712s and not being with your family and that was what i kept telling myself is i want to be here for my family i don't want to be like my dad was who couldn't make my games and was never there because he had to work so much right so i completely agree with what you're saying man and it sucks because that's probably the underlying reason that most people are getting into the market. I mean, let's be honest. What I mean, why the fuck else would you be here? You want to make money, right? But there has to be, like you said, a, a higher, a bigger reason um, because it does take longer for some people. It takes super short for some people. But I think you put it perfectly. You'll get burnt out, man, because for some people, I mean, I know some of the OGs that are, you know, been trading for 30 years. It took them eight to 10 years to be profitable, Um, But now, you know, they make crazy money, but it took them a long time. So they had to have had an underlying reason to stay going and not fucking quitting. Besides, you know, I'm going to make a bunch of money super fast, obviously. I think you said it well.
1: That's the environment that the 2021 market, the COVID market created, for sure, was a lot of people making a lot of money really quickly. And that's just not, it's not real life, unfortunately. So that sort of set a super high standard people thinking that they could do that and you know for about a year i mean people were doing it like people were making life changing money basically buying calls i guess and (laughs) trading pennies and just watching everything go up meanwhile as you mentioned the ogs were kind of on the sidelines like laughing a little bit saying this shit isn't going to end well.
2: I mean, yeah, and they were right. Where are those people now? Where like Most of them are gone. Yeah, I say it all the time. I tell people, people are, are always complaining about how, how hard the market is. And what I tell them is if you can stick around, even if you're not profitable right now, if you're just breaking even and not losing all your money in this market while you're just learning, if you can stick around and learn in this market, you're going to be fucking fine in the long run, right? Um it's people that learned in the easiest market ever that then they got to a reality market and a tough market and they're fucking gone. They lost all their money. So I tell people, if you can just stick around, man, and learn in this market, like you're going to be okay. This market's fucking hard. Even for the best people, it's hard. Like people that act like it's not are lying. It's a, it's a challenge every day. Right. Um, so I tell people that all the time, if you can learn in this market when it's tough and it's not fucking just free money every single day, like you're going to you're going to look back in 10, 15 years and be thankful that you learned in this market.
0: I want to stick on that for a little bit because I was it you, Alejandro, who said this, but somebody, yeah, it was you. You were talking a lot. Oh, yeah,
1: my mentor. Yeah. So my, my mentor, Larry, I was on the phone with him uh, and this was after January and January I had a good month and I was still telling him, I was like, man, like it's just a grind. I was like this, I was like this market right now is so hard. I was, and, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, the people I've interviewed with more experience than me, even they're telling me, you know, this is the hardest market they've ever traded. And what he said to me was, it's always the hardest market ever. At that, every day, it is the hardest market to trade ever because that's the market's job. The market's job is to frustrate and fuck over as many people as it possibly can. So it's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. It definitely changed my that. mindset because I sometimes tell myself and you said it and I'm not knocking what you just said, but you know, if you can kind of make it through this market, then you'll be okay when things uh turn for the better, which I believe is true. But now my mindset is kind of let's let's dominate right now. You know what I mean? Like let's let's not think about things will get better. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know if that's going to happen. Let's learn to dominate in this environment right now because on the other side of this may be an even more difficult market. It's going to be something new, not necess- so I guess the whole point here is that difficulty is relative, right? It's just constantly shifting and changing and there's something new. You know, we look at the 2020-2021 market where there were squeezes everywhere and the pennies were going, well, you know, short sellers were getting smoked. Like that would have been the most difficult market to trade I just if you to were say that. a short seller. Like there's always people getting burned. So you have to learn to do well in the current market and you have to make that your focus and you have to be adamant about doing that because there's no promise of anything better coming it's it's hard right now and it'll always be hard and if you can get that through your head i think it actually makes things easier hey noah What do moving averages, RSI, and MACD all have in common?
0: They're all lagging indicators from the 70s with weak ability to predict future price action.
1: Exactly. Modern retail traders need modern trading tools. That's why we've partnered with Rocket Scooter, an artificial intelligence and algorithmic charting tool that predicts where high volume will occur before it happens.
0: That's right. Rocket Scooter's 15 unique indicators help visualize in real time where institutional players are interested on almost any stock and gives you a clear-cut game plan for how to take advantage of the underlying mechanics of the market.
1: A platform like that probably costs a ton of money.
0: Right now, they're offering three months of Rocket Scooter Pro for only $35 a month, knocked down from the original price of $179 a month. Take advantage of this monster deal by heading over to the link in the show notes and getting started using Rocket Scooter today. Think about all the fundamental traders who in 2021 are sitting there watching Tesla up 300% off COVID lows, like trying to make sense of that. Like, it's funny how like- But the trimmer- us- Yeah, right? Like for us, it's like, <laughs> it w- it was almost like, oh, this was, it was super easy. Just buy calls. But like for somebody who at that point in the game, and that's when we were still new- now with five years of experience, I look back at that and I say, oh, that must have been easy. Somebody at that point with five years of experience who started trading in 2015 is probably like, wait, how does this make any sense? Why is Tesla up 300% off the lows? I have to short this. And then they get absolutely fucking toasted. And it's like, that. It, just because you've been around for five years doesn't make it easier, right? It's like it's almost like the more you know, it's like, well, I know that this shouldn't necessarily be the case. I know it's going to come down. I know that this is just a short squeeze. The more that you know, it's like, well, do I really want to participate in any more upside? Like this thing's up 300%. Like I don't really want to touch it. Right. Like, so I feel like, um, Larry, uh, not Larry, it is Larry, Larry, your, your mentor really hit the nail on the head where it's like, this market is going to continue to be, um, difficult just because, you know, you have more experience, don't necessarily expect, you know, oh, I've put an X amount of time by now I should be profitable. Or if I put an X amount of time by now I should really get this. This is a continuously learning process that the market is always changing, evolving,
2: and you have to change and evolve with it, right? Or you're going to die. Yep. You have to be able to adapt, man. That's a great way of putting it. I mean, the the people that were brand new in 2020 probably did better than the people who had experience because they were like, this isn't making any fucking sense. Like I'm going to catch the top here. So yeah, man, you have to be able to adapt. And I've adapted a lot. And Like with my supply and demand zones, man, like um, I'm used to always, you know, shorten the supply zones, right? In January um, and lately, like it's been a lot of times where we'll get that first initial sell off out of them and but we're just flagging out for the next move up. And I'm able to analyze the volume typically in my career. I would never take calls going into a supply zone like it didn't make sense. Right. But now I take calls into supply zone all the time if they've already been tested and and I'm thinking there's going to be another leg up just because that's how the market's been. Like we'll react a little bit in them. But a lot of times, I mean, you could read the volume and see we're going to continue higher, right? And that's something I would previously never do. But I've learned to adapt with the market and uh, how it's working. And also, I used to trade all day long. I could not miss a move. I wanted to be in everything. I would get up to eat a sandwich and I was stressing that something crazy was going to happen, right? Uh, My mindset on that has completely changed. And now I've adapted where um, typically from about 9 to 10 or eight thirty to 10 um pacific standard time the market loses a lot of volume right and um i have a certain set number of volume that i like to trade over if it's under that i will not touch it no matter fucking what and a lot of the time during that dead period even after um we will be under that amount and the market could still be making these low volume moves right but i'm just sitting there i don't care what it's doing I don't care if it's going up or if it's going down. This is my rule right here. I don't trade with no volume because I feel like I don't have an edge. So I don't touch it, right? And that's something I had to adapt to do because I used to. I mean, I'd trade anything, even if it was low volume, um, as long as it was relatively good. But I've put those rules in place and adapted to it because over the last three or four months, I realized that every time I was taking a trade, when it was under that amount of volume, I was losing. Even if the technicals were great, everything was lining up, I was losing because during that time, it's just it's just weird price actions. Algos, they're fucking wicking it back and forth. It could look like it's going to dump and then it gets a, a 50 cent pop and just a huge wick, you know what I mean? So I think exactly like he had said, um, I really like um, what his mentor said that it's the hardest market every day. You just have to come here and battle it out and – um, I mean, do what works for you and be able to adapt all the time. I really like that saying a lot. Uh, I think it's really true.
1: Definitely, I mean, hopefully, people listening, uh, that'll help them to kind of switch their mindset. Because I, I, I feel like in general, um, it, you know, obviously we're in a bear market, and after twenty twenty two, the trading was tough. And being that we're in a bear market, that just kind of brings, uh, it brings some negativity, which. Is is one of the main reasons why earlier in the show I was talking about I don't like how people um, you know just kind of come on and uh, are super adamant about the market going lower and uh, they just kind of talk a lot of nonsense because I, I do think that 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 can weigh on on traders and people have to understand there's still opportunity everywhere. Yeah, you know, the macro environment is making things uh, very difficult for investors and investors had a brutal, brutal year in 2022, but there was still lots of opportunity to trade uh, in both directions, right? There were sell offs, there were rallies. And so just keeping a more positive attitude um, versus the doom and gloom of we're all fucked and nobody's going to make money in the stock market for the next five years. I don't like that at all. Um, And I want people to understand that, yeah, you know, your investment strategies uh, that worked for the last decade may need some adjusting. Um, But are you willing to adjust and are you willing to learn and are you willing to work hard to find what is going to work for you um, and find new ways to make money in the market? Because they're out there. Um, So that's something um, that's something that I feel is really important. And I mentioned earlier that I was going to plug the David Goggins podcast that I had listened to. So the podcast is called modern wisdom. Uh, Chris Williamson is the host. We'll put the link to that episode in the show notes. If anybody is interested, but uh, really good stuff there, John, before we wrap up anything else you want to say, anything else you want to give to the listeners?
2: um i did want to talk one thing about um I, I don't think you hear this enough um for for newer traders but um i think using consistent sizing um has been one of the game changers in my trading as well i think newer traders always uh it happens all the time with people that i'm with where they say this is the a plus setup and they end up sizing way too heavy on it and then they take a loss and then you get emotional because you want to make one more and get that back and I think it's just a fucking rabbit hole and i don't know why you don't really hear this very much but i take the same amount of size on every single fucking trade that i take i don't care if it's a c setup or a b setup or whatever the whole point is is that if i'm at a point where it's not a good setup and i'm thinking oh i should probably size down on this trade means you probably shouldn't take that fucking trade because you're wanting to size it's down because you know that it's not that good of a trade, right? So what I've learned is by keeping consistent sizing and you know using my full size every time, that alone keeps me away from taking stupid trades. Because what I used to do is that same thing. Oh, this isn't really that good of a trade, but I kind of just want to be in a trade right now. You know, I kind of just want to trade this, this might work. I'm gonna take a little smaller size. And then you end up doing that a bunch of times throughout the day and taking paper cuts and it can really um, not turn out good in the long run. So I think people should really focus more on taking consistent sizing and that alone will help you stay out of those shitty trades. And it will also help you because you're able to keep your losers small. Like I I can literally take, I could take 15 losses in a day if I wanted and literally one or two good trades that I do every day would wipe all that out and get me green. So I think people that are red a lot, it's because you're sizing way too heavy in a trade that you don't know if it's going to work out. Nobody fucking knows if the trade's going to be a winner or a loser. So, I don't understand the point of sizing super heavy or then you take that big heavy loss and then you size small on the rest of your trades that are great trades that worked out and they went a bunch of percent, but you had no size in them. So, it didn't even put a dent in the loss, right? So, that's something I preach to a lot of people and I want to say that on here cuz I think that can really help new traders out because I was doing that when I first started. And it just never seemed to add up. Um, and I think it's it's a big deal if you're able to take those consistent sizing, whatever size your account may be, um, it'll help you keep, keep you out of the trades that you probably shouldn't be in. And it will help you be able to, I mean, everybody loses, right? You don't need a 90% win rate to be a profitable trader. If you're co- using consistent size and you have a basic strategy that works even half of the time, even less than half of the time you can still be profitable if you're keeping consistent size you're keeping your losers really small and letting your winners go a little bit and they don't even have to be huge winners um so i just think people overcomplicate shit way too much and they do things that don't really make sense that go against them so i think that's a good thing to look into um if you you know for for anybody really so
0: it's funny we had when we had um rocky on a couple of weeks ago i literally talked about a backtest that i did on my trading in january and I found out that had I made, had I used the same size on every trade, I would have made $2,000 more Like I had sized up on certain trades that I lost. And even though the points on futures that I lost, like the total points for the month added up to $2,000 more than I made. But because of my different sizing and I had happened to size heavier on some of the losers and size smaller on some of the winners... I winded up leaving two grand on the table. And like, you think about that over the year, 12 months, that's $25,000, like that's a lot of money. So for me, I think it was tough transitioning from options where it's like, okay, if I'm in a zero day, maybe I'll size less, or if I'm in a monthly, maybe I'll size more because it's less volatile. Whereas with, with futures, it's the same thing every time, more or less, you're gonna have pretty much the same stop. So I think for me, that was the hardest part. That was part of that transition um but i i couldn't agree more like i literally just from the stats that i saw on my own trading um i was leaving a lot of money on the table so I, i'd like that you hit that point definitely important um for newer traders completely agree
1: all right john phenomenal episode thank you for coming on man
2: yep it was awesome i uh, hope hope to helps some people out man i think the psychology aspect is uh um underlooked by uh people that are trying to learn so um like i said retrading the zone by mark douglas um will really help you out Um, So I highly recommend that. I appreciate you guys having me.
1: Definitely. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So you guys could check out that book. i read it myself. It's really good. All right, John. Thanks again. Noah, another phenomenal episode. I'll see you next week for episode 65.
0: Yep. Thanks again to John B for hopping on and we'll see you guys next week. Our content is intended to
1: be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find in our podcast and wish to rely upon,
2: whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise.